Welcome back to another episode of Extra Innings. It's been a while. This is the podcast by the Philadelphia Inquirer with Bob Brookover and Scott Walver. I'm Matt Breen. It's, it's been a while since uh, Extra Innings, which reminds me of the great song by Stained. It's been a while. That should be our theme. I think this is an honor of the celebration of 50 <laughs> years since man put him. We put the man on the moon. Or the man, we did something, Neil if, Armstrong. If man can touch the moon, we can record a podcast. This is one great well, step for I us. I don't know. It's, for us, this is a little harder than landing a man on the moon, right? They were able to transport a live image from the moon in 1969, and it took us how many weeks to get the right audio equipment? <laughs> But we are here, and we did it. I don't think we could go to the moon with this. <laughs> no, we don't. But we can record a podcast. <laughs> and can I want to talk about this podcast. What's more likely, man getting back to the moon or the Phillies winning the wild card? Nice segue. I think it's more likely that man gets back to the moon. We're going back to the moon, and it's going to be a stop on the way to Mars at some point. Uh what year are we talking about the Phillies that win the wild card? This season. Okay. But Forget the moon. I just, can the Phillies win the wild, wild card? card too? And, and the Phillies win the wild card? The Phillies actually have never won the wild card. And the wild card has been, been around not quite 50 years, but 2022. 20, uh, so, you know, but it's also possible the Phillies still get the wild card for this simple reason. There's a bunch of teams in the National League just like the Phillies. They, yeah. they might not lose uh, – Exactly like the Phillies, who have found a way, a formula for losing, unlike I don't think any other team in the league that is contending for a wild card. But but there are certainly teams that are flawed, just like the Phillies, who have pitching problems, who don't hit consistently. There's a lot of those teams. The, the, the entire National League Central is filled with those teams. Yeah, I was going to say, you think the you think they're having this kind of a podcast right now in Milwaukee and thinking, like, what is wrong with the Brewers? You know, because and what is wrong with, you know, the Diamondbacks and what is wrong with because the Brewers came in here and kicked the Phillies butt all over the place. And we thought, well, they're going to the playoffs. And, you know, right now they're a half game behind the Phillies, I think, still. So in a parallel universe, they're having this conversation, yeah. too. We, one day we Milwaukee will walk over and, and, and one day we will get to the parallel. universe. <laughs> anyway, it's a very deep podcast. It is. But it's late night. Uh, my thing is that there, there's no. Yeah, late night because we just watched the Phillies come from behind in the most unlikeliest win of the season. I wrote about four stories in that ninth inning, and I think I saw the Phillies win. I don't even know. It happened so fast. But Did you file the good one? <laughs> probably not. The good one was written a couple hours ago. But my, my thing is that there's no shame in the wild card. Like It seemed like Andy McPhail, when he spoke last week, was like, it was almost like the wild card, that's not good enough. Well, you built this whole team together to the playoffs. The wild card gets you in the playoffs. It gets you a one-game playoff. And then you go to a best of five. Yes, that best of five is most likely against the Dodgers, who we've seen the last two nights are definitely the best team in the National League. But that series isn't happening in August or July. It's happening in October. And who knows what the Dodgers look like in October or what the Phillies look like in October. There's no reason to push to not push the chips in right now. I'm not saying go crazy, but to add to this team with the goal of we're going to win the wild card. My recollection of the 22 years of wild cards is that sometimes the wild card wins it all. You know, it, it, we watch the Phillies every night, and it looks very unlikely it would be the Philadelphia story, greatest Philadelphia story ever if they did do that, and it doesn't look likely. But it has happened. We've seen it many, many times. 
happened. The Marlins still have never won a National League East, but they have two World Series titles. Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot since we talked to Andy McPhail on, on Friday. And, you know, he um, he was pretty clear in saying that when when this regime came in, uh, you know, their goal was to complete the rebuild in four years. Well, this is year four. And if completing the rebuild in four years means simply making the playoffs, then the wild card is is their goal this year. And or, you know, because they're as far behind the Braves as they are, the wild card has become their goal this year. And there are moves they can make before July 31st that could help them get that goal that don't involve trading a top prospect or two or, you know, or whatever they might have that's of value in their farm system, which we know is not tremendous amount so there are moves they can make and then you know the following day you see the Red Sox sign Andrew Kashner and the day after that you see the A's sign or trade for um, Homer Bailey um, and you see moves like that and you think where are the Phillies on that because those are not great pitchers but they're good enough to help them get that wild card goal so Scott would you more are you more in the business of kind of the Andrew Kashner's type thing, it's like, is that the move the Phillies had well, to make a, a minor move like that, or are you are you against making a move for if it's Marcus Stroman or Matt Boyd? Well, I mean, look, if they could get a controllable middle of the road, you know, two or three starter, I, you know, that's the move to make because you know they need they need pitching and they need that going forward. I just don't think they can get that piece, be it Boyd or Stroman or whoever, without giving up something they don't want to give up. So if, you know, if they feel like they don't want to go that far, okay. I mean, I, I, I get it. Like, you're not going to win the World Series this year, and um, I understand that. But, you know, I do think that there are lesser moves they can make that can help them. Uh, they're, they're sort of band-aids, it feels like, on the larger problem, which is the, the fact that they don't have real good, beyond Aaron Nola, controllable starting pitching. But you know, for this year and for winning the wild card, and there's something to be said for that for a franchise that hasn't won in seven years. I, I would go make one of those smaller moves for sure. Uh, you know, uh, uh, there was a Red Scouts here here tonight, and I don't know if the Reds and Phillies are talking at all, but the Reds have two names that interest me a lot on their roster: and Sonny Gray and and Tanner Rourke. There's those are the types of pitchers, you know. Come to Philadelphia, and they really bolster a rotation. I mean, I've, I've gone back to this 07 comparison several times, and the funny thing is, we're talking about how far they are from the Braves, and I think the Braves are a much better team than the Mets were in 2007. But that was seven games of 17 to go. Right. Uh, but anyway, to get back to you know, they got Kyle Loesch in 2007, who wasn't a great pitcher, but they went nine and two in Kyle Loesch's 11 starts. Guys like Sonny Gray come here. I think it lifts would give the clubhouse a lift, especially the offensive players, and and maybe the, you know at some point maybe this offense stops underachieving and starts playing to the level people expect it to be playoff. Obviously, it didn't help tonight that Jay Bruce got, you know tore, might have hurt as a bleak and could be down for a while because that's a bat they really need in that lineup. Speaking of Jay Bruce, if Jay Bruce is out for an extended period of time, which if it's an oblique injury, he probably is out for a pretty decent stretch do you go get nick williams at triple a he's sent ever since he's been demoted he has a over like a thousand ops which is just absurd hitting for 350 or something and that's the de- very definition of earning your way back you know you go down and instead of sulking and not playing well you go down and you play well and hey 
you never know. Strange things happen in this game. Maybe he comes up and he, he finally gets hot. He had his moments last year. I mean, he where he was a you know a, a decent regular player in, in this league. I mean, that, to the point where we thought he was making strides as a as a major league player. Yeah, I mean, sure, that's the the logical move would be bringing him back. It's funny you brought up Sonny Gray. I mean, in the offseason, I know just talking to Phillies people and talking about different guys who were out there either, you know, in free agency or, or on the trade market, and the Yankees made no, made it very clear that they were going to trade Sonny Gray. And, you know, just kind of rattling off names to some Phillies people, and it was like, you know, Robbie Ray, eh, kind of lukewarm, uh, you know, or, or some other names, and I mentioned Sonny Gray, and somebody with the Phillies told me, well, that's a name to be kind of to kind of raise your eyebrows over because you could see if you get him out of Yankee Stadium, maybe you've got, you know, his his numbers outside of Yankee Stadium were better and, you know, maybe that's a guy who 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 they would be interested in if they could acquire him. I don't I don't know that the Reds are going to trade him. There's some stuff out there that the Reds might buy. So we'll see. But, Everybody's in it in the NL Central. Yeah, yeah. It's that second wild card. It's ruined the trade deadline. And in the, the NL Central. That's right. true. <laughs> yeah, and the NL East. You know, it's really that that's going to be a really big part of this because there's no there's no deadline beyond July 31st this year, uh, and teams got to figure it out in, in the next two weeks whether they're buyers or sellers and there's a lot of teams who have really no good reason to sell you know because they're they feel like they're they've got a shot to be one of the wild cards or in the central's case win the divisions i mean who there's what are the who are the teams that are out of it the marlins are out of it obviously right um giants the giants although they've been playing better yeah they i think they've gotten to within like six games of 500 mets mets, mets yeah and, but zach wheeler's hurt now you know so so does that affect whether they can move him before the 31st? You mentioned the uh, the offense, if the offense come hits the way that they should have should hit. And I think like we saw in the second game of the Dodgers series, that was the, the way that this offense was, at least for the first two innings and at the end, that they, you know, they hit for extra bases, they hit for power. It was the way that the offense was constructed. They scored nine runs. But I, I don't, I'm not... The offense is underperformed, but if if we're going to look at the rest of the season, it's much more likely that the offense stops underperforming than the the rotation, you know, all of a sudden performs past expectations. So I think if it, it's simple, but if this team does not add pitching, they can't win the wild card. This goes back to what Scott was talking about with Andy McPhail. I mean, I was disappointed in that. I wasn't at that news conference, but. I obviously read the transcript and saw everything. And, I, you know, to me, Andy McPhail should have come out and said, you know what, we, we still like our team. We don't. We know we haven't played our best baseball, but we're going to do everything we can. And even if that didn't end up being the case, but we're going to do everything we can to, to bolster this team, make this team better, and get us to the playoffs. That should have been the message to, to, that, to his players – and I was just baffled that it, it wasn't. I mean, I, it really – I didn't get it at all. Yeah, I don't know whether he was, like, lowering everyone's expectations before the deadline and, like, so that if they don't make a big move, people aren't disappointed and storming Citizens Bank Park with, with torches and, you know, and you know and saying, why didn't you do something bigger? I don't know if that was his point there. I don't know if he was just being brutally honest and saying we are – 
we are more than one move away, and everyone can see that, that they are more than one move away from winning the World Series. But that does not mean that you don't make a, a, an impactful move to get yourself into the playoffs. That's, that's a big deal for them if they, if they are able to do that, even if it's you know, guaranteed of only a one-game wildcard game, and then you know, if, you, if you earn your right to go play the you know, Dodgers, fine. But just to get that one game, that's a big deal in, in, the, in the whole process. It was such a lame thing to say that they're they're one they're not one player away from the world series no kidding and, and how right. many teams are one player away so should that is should they be the only teams that try to improve before the trade deadline right you know, you know were the 07 phillies bob were they one player player away no, were the 08 phillies one player away and they weren't their best team and not always the best team wins and you know the St. Louis Cardinals were a, a very, in 2011 when they beat the phillies who, who were clearly the best team in baseball that year they weren't the best team, but something magical happened just at the right time and everything lined up, and then they all started hitting, and a squirrel ran on the field, and crazy things happened. But in the game. I just like just the, the rule of being, well, we're not, we're one, we're not one player away, so we're not going to do anything. Yeah, that's it. Was, Come on. It was, yeah, was, you know, it was mind boggling what he said. It was interesting because the, the example he used was the Cubs, uh, the year they won it all, and how they traded Glaber Torres for Aroldis Chapman at the deadline. And, you know, Theo thought that they were one player away. That player was a closer, and he went and got his closer, and they won. Well, it wasn't that simple. They almost didn't win that World Series. And, you know, very often it's not – you're not set up that way where you're one position away from – like you said, very often it's more than one move, or maybe it's the little moves around the edges, like Pat Gillick was really good at, you know, finding those those peripheral pieces. So, I, I mean, I just – I was confused as well. The one thing I did ask Andy McPhail on Friday, I, I just asked him if they, the Phillies chose this offseason to not Im, Im, improve their starting rotation, which you can say now is a mistake. I said it then. You, and you, Scott, you said it then, so I'll give I you credit. You said it then. You and I said it louder. I was <laughs> indifferent because you don't, like, I, odds were that this was going to happen, that these guys weren't going to pitch. As as well as the Phillies expected, but you didn't know as that well until as it happened. FIP indicated. As well, yeah, the FIP, XFIP, whatever, all that stuff is. But you didn't know that was going to happen until you let it happen. So, so you had to, you almost had to go through with this just to know that Nick Pavetta, Vince Velasquez, and Zach Eflin weren't, you know, you're back in a rotation of a playoff team. So I, I can't, I don't want to totally knock them for that. But my thing is that they had to learn from that that now they can't have that same mantra. This offseason, they have to add a starting pitcher. But you look at the start, the free agent class, it's not that deep. Past Garrett, uh, Jared Cole, who Cole's going to get six years. The Phillies balked at giving Patrick Corbin six years left. The Phillies less. have to come off that stance. But, but if they don't come off that stance, that's fine because I think six years for a starting pitcher is a long contract. But why don't you go out and just get Marcus Stroman – this month, because he's better than anybody else besides Cole, that's going to be available this winter. I, I, I'm fine with that. It, you know, you got to see what the cost is. If they say Alec Bohm, Spencer Howard, that's it. Yeah, you, you, you that's to, my line. You have to consider. You have to consider that. But if you can get it done, yeah, you you, you do get it done. I, you know, I'm always a believer in. And there are teams that have done this. You go and trade for the guy, and then you do everything you can to re-sign that guy, you know, and the Phillies, when they signed Jake Arrieta, they, they, I'm sure that I'm sure they over, I know they overpaid for him. They overpaid for him, but they were dealing from a position of weakness. They'd been a bad team for a long time. 
They weren't an attractive place to come. That that has changed. This is not an unattractive place to come anymore. The ballpark's filling up again. There's obviously good hitters here. The the owner is the owner. In fact, if if they don't make do something in the trade deadline, he might get have the biggest pitch for it. But and 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 uh, what do you call for a billion dollars? Torch, pro, torch thank yeah. you. Torch and pitch for a billion dollars. You can get some really big ones. I think. Yeah, you can get a lot have of torches. A barbecue. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you could storm the castle. Yeah. No, you know, I mean, you know, to go back to Andy McPhail's Cubs reference because he he he's the one who brought up the Chapman trade, like. The Cubs, when Theo went over there, one of the problem they had was developing pitching. They couldn't draft and develop pitchers. So they got to a point in their process where they bought John Lester, which was a lot of money, and they made a great trade for Jake Arrieta, who was much younger then and, and just peaking. Um, you know, the Red Sox for years had trouble develop. They still have trouble developing pitching. So they spent a ton of money on David Price, and they traded, like, their whole farm system for Chris Sale. So... When you're the Phillies and you've developed Aaron Nola and very little else in the way of top of the rotation kind of guys, you uh, you have to do something. So whether it's to spend a ton of money for Garrett Cole or give up some players you don't want to give up for Marcus Stroman, you, you know that's what you have to do. You come to a point where you you have to make that move. I don't know if they're if they're there yet. I mean, maybe they could do better than Stroman um, in in a trade in the off season or something like that, but. Either way, they're going to have to make a move that causes them some pain to get a pitcher that they really want. Almost every big market. You you mentioned the Red Sox and who was the other team you mentioned? The Cubs. Yeah, Cubs. Red Sox and Cubs. I mean, the Yankees. Mm-hmm. They, they do it all the time. They, they do it all the time. Even the Dodgers. You know, they they have some good homegrown pitching, but where are they without Maeda? Right. Rue and and, uh, and Rich Hill, who's right. not. He's hurt Who's this hurt. year, but they but, gave him but, a lot of money. But, but right? They, they don't win their six straight titles without those three guys. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you want to grow grow the arms. You can grow the arms if you want to. The Phillies just haven't been very good at it. And most and uh, most teams most, aren't. But most teams aren't. And the problem is because most young pitchers don't really find themselves till around twenty six, twenty seven years old, and by that point, they're free agents. Right? Are going elsewhere. So one thing we did find out today that Gabe Kapler is not Dallas Green. I didn't. I didn't know Dallas Green. I didn't cover Dallas Green. He's, I think that's be correct. Not bleeping Dallas Green. Right. You're right. Can, can we curse on this podcast? I, I don't, I don't know. know. All right. Well, yeah, I'm not. He said I'm not bleeping Dallas Green. Bob, you you were around Dallas Green for a significant amount of time. Is Gabe Kapler not Dallas? Is he correct? Is he not Dallas Green? I think the day we had the introductory news conference of Gabe Kapler, <laughs> we talked about razor sharp turns on the bases and athletic stances in the batter's box. We were all pretty sure that Gabe Kapler wasn't going to be Dallas Green, but you know, I was. It was amazing that the conversation once again pregame before the second game of the Dodgers series went back to. But what about? getting angry and yelling and in games right there are a million ways to skin a cat and that's not his way to do it that said when the when the same problem of the guy not running to first base happens over and over and over again and you've tried this way and that way and this way and that way it's fair game to say you know what are you doing what or is there anything you can do to make this stop and so far, he hasn't found the right formula to get through to those guys that this is not acceptable. Even that, though he says he's done all sorts of things, and they always say, oh, okay, we're never do it again, and then you do it again. That is true, and I understand why um, we we say, like, well, why doesn't Gabe Kapler, like, go yell at someone or get angry and 
and I, I get that, right? Because he's their manager and all that. But like, where's the where's the veteran guy in the clubhouse to get in someone's face and say this is not acceptable? This is not, you know. He brought up Terry Francona today, and he played for him with the Red Sox, and you know we know Tito from being here all those years, and and he's right that Terry Francona didn't raise his voice either had his players back and wasn't that kind of guy. But with the Red Sox, he had Jason Veritek. And if anyone ever pulled that, Veritek was going was gonna to make sure it didn't happen again. And, you know, I, I asked Gabe Kapler that question today. Like, do you think you have enough guys in the room who are policing themselves, so to speak? And, you know, he maintains that they do. But, I mean, we've gotten to know some of their personalities now. Like, you know, I don't know that I see JT Real Muto getting up in a guy's face and saying, you know, that wasn't acceptable. Maybe maybe the way he handles it is by busting it down to first base like he did in the game Tuesday night and saying, follow my lead. But I don't think he's going to get it in someone's face and say, like, don't do that. Uh, I'm not sure JT does do that, but I'm also not sure that he doesn't do that. And this is ba- all based on huh. a, a moment I saw in San Diego after the Phillies won the last game of that West Coast trip. And... Here goes Adam Hazley out to greet his family after his, you know, his first day just incredible game. And here comes JT, not in a mean sort of way, but JT Ramuto comes marching out of the clubhouse and like, Hazley, get back in here. We've got some things to do. You know, so it, okay. it, yeah. it was a moment where I said, ooh, there's a, there's a leadership right. thing in there that, you know, we, we might not ever see more public than that. But it, it, it told me it was a moment that said something to me. Cool. Well, that's it. I've never skinned a cat before, Bob. But uh, you ever skinned a dog? Never skinned anything. You you got really excited dogs, when you asked that. I'm a little potato. worried. Now. Dogs, I've skinned dogs a potato. Are much easier to skin than cats. <laughs> and that is it that, for this episode of Extra Innings. We will be back next week because we have the proper audio to be back next week. So for Scott Lawler, Bob Brookover, I'm These Matt Breen. Microphones Brain. to the moon. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks.